Bill Mackey. That little uh, dweeby-looking kid. Judd Zolgad. He needs a cocktail in a hot tub or something. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins. Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. Their guy pitched well. We, you know, we didn't have hardly anything going. I saw we had a couple hits on the board, you know, until at least middle to late stages of the game before we started getting a few more. So, yeah, um, you know, playing from behind shouldn't be that big a deal uh, early in the game. But once it started getting extended, it, got, it became, you know, more difficult for sure. All right. That was Paul Molitor. Exasperated Paul Molitor. Derek Wetmore is in here from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch Em All podcast. And, Derek, we're going to start with a great question from loyal listener Matt Cheetah here, who wants to know why the Twins chose to keep Tyler Kinley, who, who they, it, was, it, was like, it was like one of those losing seasons where you get a Rule 5 guy and you're going you're gonna to stash him away like they did that guy from a couple years ago, uh, JT... J.R. Graham. J.R. Graham, yeah. Um, Very so, memorable. So Tyler Kinley, they were basically playing shorthanded for the first three weeks of the season, then they decided to get rid of Kinley. Over, say, J.T. Shagwa, who currently has a 1.74 earned run average with 14 strikeouts in 10 innings for the Dodgers. I don't have a good answer for you. I do. It looks think really bad. It does look bad. And now Kinley's on the way out. The Twins are getting their Rule 5 guy back. But Shagwa is pitching at Chavez Ravine. And I think this is a case where we don't have to just say classic second guess. We don't have to say, oh, you let a flame throwing a lever go. And now he's succeeding and we're torching you for it. There are a lot of people torching them for it at the time that, yeah, he's, what, 27 and it just hadn't worked out and he couldn't stay healthy, he couldn't stay on the field. Last year he basically missed the whole season. And they thought they needed a roster spot. I can't remember if that was the uh, Logan Morrison right around the time that they were adding him and they needed a 40-man spot and they just said, all right, move on from this guy. Well, now it's going pretty well for Shagwa. I don't have a good answer for you as to why they would do that. What I would also point to, this Twins team has much bigger problems than what J.T. Shagwa is doing with the Dodgers right now. Losing 8 out of 9 and doing it to two teams that you thought had already given up in Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, that does real damage to what your outlook for this season is. Okay, J.T. Shagwa, Kinley, we can, it, yeah, but this is like nitpick at the very, very end of the roster. The Twins are facing much bigger problems right now, and that is the schedule that they've already lost in losing some of these games early. So they are now 9-14. and 14. They've lost 9 of 10, including um, three games to the Rays in Tampa and then two of three to the Reds here, both of which aren't certainly great teams. Uh, I am Mr. Panic, but I sat with you during the course of Saturday's action in which I, actually the Twins played pretty well and got a good start. Take me through, take us through, the listeners, what you told me, because I found it very interesting. And I will say this. In 2016, you and Phil both basically called it quickly. And I thought to myself, well, they could bounce back, and they didn't. It was done. So I trust you guys more than me to actually have a a educated feeling for when the Twins are in big trouble. So well, I think it's over. There. I think it's over. You can put a fork in the Twins. And... And that's not radio hot take, guy. Thank you. Yes, because 
what do I get criticized on this show for more often than anything else? Okay, sweater game, eating vegetables. But third on that list... Well, well not, not not seeing any movies. Okay, fourth on that list. There are a lot of things to make fun no, of. Pale complexion. complexion. Extremely <laughs> pale complexion. That haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, don't invite Dave into this conversation. This will take all day. In terms of my sports takery, you guys, you total yeah. line. Yeah, don't it, hey, don't make fun of people's appearances. Okay, that what that's what crosses the line when yeah, it comes to poking fun. Fat, okay, especially if they're fat. Yeah, they really seriously, your eyeshadow today is appalling. It is that I do not step out on limbs. I just go with takes that I'm confident will be right. I the non-zero Derek Whitmore. The non-zero. You're like, oh well, yeah. could uh, could the Marlins win the World Series? And I'd be like, well, I mean, it's not <laughs> likely, but I mean, I guess there's a non-zero chance. And in this case, like, I'm kind of just, this This is a damning start for the Twins. It might be over. I think this for right, a couple on. of different reasons. Hold on. Hold, hold those couple reasons. Let's, let's, let's enter this into hot, hot take uh, precinct. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. All right. So your contention is the season is over. Let me ask you guys. If I get arrested for having a hot take and that hot take proves to be true, what are the, you know, do I get reparations for that? Is there any sort of like, oh, you were, sorry, you were falsely arrested, Nelson Mandela. There's actually like, a great podcast not called to compare myself. Uh, Wrongly Accused or Wrongly Convicted right. or something where they just talk to people who spent 20 years in jail. That's right. A crime that they did not commit. Right. So that's, you'd wind up on that podcast. Okay. Much. Well, that's not a very good consolation prize, but here's why I think that the twins, like, this just sucks. Let me ask you, too, before I get into my reasons here. Would you rather, if you're the Twins, and you know where you were going to end up right now today, 9 and 14, would you rather have started like 0 and 8 and then gone on a little run? Were you, whatever, 8 and 5, what that? Whatever the math is, would you have rather the losing streak came at the beginning of the season? Or, um, or that you played all right and then you just tripped and fell flat on your face? I'd rather them not be 9 and 14. Right. So I don't know, like... I don't know that I care either. Yeah, I just don't. So what's your okay? Why so, do you think the season? Well, that's over? my point because if you look, if you went zero and eight, we'd all be saying like, "Yeah, put a pitchfork in them; they're done." They just went zero and eight. How is that any different? Here is oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, here, yeah. here is why it really hurts them. If they went okay, you get swept by the Yankees and in kind of crushing fashion, it's like ooh, that hurts. But you can overcome that. That's a really good team over there. The Yankees are World Series contenders, and you think to yourself, "All right, just some." Bad luck. We fell on the wrong side of a couple close games. Uh, but you lost two or three to the Reds, who everybody was picking as the worst team in baseball. We all thought the race had given up. Now, maybe they haven't, but you got swept. Yeah, it's on the road, but it's to another, what I'd call a bad baseball team. Those are games that you don't get to make up. You don't get to say, like, yeah, but the twin schedule should be favorable because they've got the American League Central coming up, and they and they should be pretty bad. Yeah, that's true. But the reason why we thought the Twins could win 90 games this year was because they had that padding. Now they've given up some of that padding, and to get to that 90-win mark the rest of the way, they're going to have to play like a much better baseball team than they are. And the second point of that is they have to prove it to the front office before the trade deadline. You saw how quickly they were ready to pivot and sell off last year when that team still had a chance. I don't think this is the kind of thing where the front office is going to say, oh, a couple games below 500 and five games out of the wild card. Let's take a shot at this thing. I think that you have to prove it to those guys upstairs that are crunching the numbers and say, no, this is a team that has legitimate postseason aspirations and can make noise in the postseason before they're going to go, ah, 
bad pieces. That was a big part of my argument at the beginning of the season. Now your runway's quite a bit shorter after this month of April. They are a lot closer to trading Brian Dozier than they are to contending for a, a pennant at this point. I mean, they, so I'm mostly with you. I'm not going to fight you. You start nine and fourteen, and and most importantly, you're you're already giving away games and series against teams that you should be able to, like you just said, pad your schedule against. You don't get to see the Reds again. You don't get to see that three game series against the Rays again, um, where they're basically running out like a Twins has been team of Carlos Gomez and Denard Span and. And, and Wilson Ramos, who, by the way, now has bilateral leg, whatever it is, tightness. So it does exist. It's a thing that not just Joe Maurer has, apparently. Um, they'd have to go 81 and 58 the rest of the way to get to 90 wins. And it's possible that 90 wins doesn't, because right now, Boston and New York are, those are, those are 95 plus win teams, I think. For sure, over 90. Boston's off to a great start, 20 and 7. New York is 18 and 9. They can also add pieces at the trade deadline. So, like, one of those teams could add Chris Archer or somebody at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, the Astros in the West and, and the Indians, if you think the Indians are, are basically gone, even though they're only two up on you in the loss column. So, you're, and now, so now if, if you start to take away some of these teams, you're, you're fighting for one wild card playoff spot, and you have to go 81 and 58 to get to 90 wins. Yep. You can start to do some math and figure, yeah, I mean, even if, like, Irvin Santana comes back and it's no guarantee at age 35. I'm ve- ordinarily I would be pump the brakes guy right now. I'm not going to pump the brakes on this. Yeah. I'm not going to stick a, a a fork in their season. I'm going to let this play out. But oh, I, I just did. Sure, so that's you're fine. Yeah, you that's fine. fine. Basically dead. That's yeah. Fine. So so Phil gets to come in with a hot, half hot take and not get no, pulled I'm impre- over. I'm impressed. Derek. I'm going to take credit for this when you, they do not make the postseason. You don't do this. So Byron Buxton is hurt. Miguel Sano is ginger and self inflicted for with Sano. And then get some pitching. Back here, they're already up to I think it's eighteen pitchers on the year, and that number's only going to go up and up and up. I had two assumptions coming into the year, and nothing's changed my mind about those two things. One is that the Indians were going to win the division. I think they're clearly a better roster, more talented. I mean, the Twins get like the max upside of every player, then they're right there, maybe. But like, if everyone just has their fiftieth percentile outcomes, the Indians are just a better team. They win the Central. Second assumption was that either New York or Boston was going to win one of the wild cards. So now you're playing for one wild card. Teams like Minnesota, Seattle, the Angels, who are off to a really interesting start. Like It gets crowded fast, and you can't just say, well, one of those teams, oh, well, oh, 86 wins. The Twins could win 86 games, and so they'll be there. Just because 85 wins got it done last year does not mean that'll be a wild card winner this year as baseball separates to haves and have-nots. You've got some super great teams, and then you've got some, like, good teams. Not all those good teams get to make the playoffs. The Twins could even have a good year this year. I'm just saying the postseason looks a lot farther away today than it did a month ago. And if this had all transpired in April of 2017, none of us would have been surprised, and the Twins could have made the trades they wanted, and, and at the end of that year, Paul is out. But they they had that surprise year, Derek. They hung around. And now and now this April is essentially what we expected a year ago. Well, uh, let's let's pause and, and continue this conversation when we come back. TCL Broadcast Studios. Wetmore hanging out with us from the Touch 'Em All Podcast and fifteen hundred ESPN dot com. Wetmore is in here talking twins. He's already put a shovel in the ground to bury them. Uh, it's not even May yet. Can't even 
full-on disagree. Like, I'm going to give it some more time just to see if they can bounce back. If Cleveland didn't get off to kind of a 500-ish start, then to be clear, I would fully agree with you today. To be clear, I'm going to wait for the ground to thaw before I actually dig the grave. But I'm just saying, like, we've reserved the space for it. And sure, that's fair. We've got our planning <laughs> bought, going into you it. You bought the plot? Is it's, that what you're saying? I put saying? a down payment, and uh, we know where it's going to be. It's just, yeah, it's frozen ground. So I probably don't want to get too deep. Just a plot now or a, a headstone, too? Yeah, no, I would. Did you buy the headstone yet? I have not, and I was actually counting on you guys to maybe chip in. There's a GoFundMe oh, yeah. page Those right now. Those are expensive. Those headstones <laughs> yeah, are costly. Check that out. They really are, yeah. Um, all right, so what if they're going to turn it around, and if they're going to make a fight out of this thing and actually play some good baseball. What are some things? There's some obvious things here, right? Sure. Phil, Phil Hughes, man, I know you're paying him $13 million, but he just, outside of that one year where he he set a new record for strikeout-to-walk ratio because he just didn't walk anybody all year, he is a very hittable guy, even when fully healthy, not coming off multiple thoracic outlet syndrome surgeries. Yeah. So they're going to run him out again, though, it sounds like. Well, it'd be easier, you know, the easy moves that we have no control over are get Byron Buxton back, get Miguel Sano back in the lineup, stop having him kick balls at third base, but get him back in the lineup. And and then it's things like Irvin Santana. He's obviously he's behind the initial schedule. They were talking, you know, May as a possibility, and he hadn't gotten on the mound yet. I mean, he's not facing hitters. Mm-hmm. So Trevor May, too, he's coming back from surgery. He could be back next month. But, like... Is it going to be too late by the time those guys are back? I think they have to make... According to you, yes. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. I can't get that down payment back, boys. Correct. But there is a a number of things I think that they can do just internally, and I wrote a column about it over the weekend. It's five things to fix. I mean, if you're going to have any shot at getting back in this thing, and you brought it up, Phil. Phil Hughes, I, I don't know what's left. I I... You feel bad because you see him going up and giving it like his best effort, but it's it's just not there anymore. I mean, after what is he nine months removed from the second surgery to try to fix thoracic outlet syndrome, mm-hmm. and that's clearly not an easy thing to fix. They didn't fix Matt Harvey out with the Mets. Now he's bumped to the bullpen because he can't get the velocity back. And when you're Matt Harvey and you're at ninety eight, ninety nine, and you lose velocity and you're down to ninety two, ninety three, still well, there's something there. There, yeah. you, you could have a, but when you're Phil Hughes and you were 94 and now you're down to 89, 90, maybe 91, he's basically, he's having to go up and try to learn how to be a new kind of pitcher on the fly against major leaguers. Yeah. I, I don't see that as a workable formula right now. We, Judd, you and I watched him, was it Friday? He was yeah. pitching and just like, <laughs> he he's, trying Friday. he's, he's up there and he's throwing, I, I'm not going to call it batting practice because he's more competitive than that, but, he clearly doesn't have the same command that we came to know when he had that great season with the Twins. It's not there. He doesn't have the same kind of life to his pitches. There's no swing and miss. Mm-hmm. It's major league hitters going up there and feeling kind of good about themselves that it's time to get a hit, hit parade time. And this is the Cincinnati Reds. Now, I saw on the schedule he is the probable pitcher for Wednesday, so maybe the Twins aren't ready to stick a fork in it. But... To me, I think you've got to be drastic. I think that start goes to Aaron Sleggers or That's Fernando not. Romero, or so something he, along the lines of not Phil Hughes. So at this point, too, if you have to take your record into consideration, what's the more likely scenario that you're going to go from nine and fourteen to the playoffs with one of two options: a Phil Hughes resurgence or handing the ball off to Fernando Romero? Let's say you're first or second best pitching prospect who's been pretty darn good so far for AAA Rochester. 
I mean, like if you're going to dig out of this hole and you're going to really compete with the best teams in the American League, I have a really hard time buying that it's going to be Phil Hughes that helps you get there after this many procedures and this dip in fastball velocity. It's yeah. just not realistic. I might just be missing something. That's totally possible. It's it's No, no, you're not. I would say like maybe Garvin Alston has something that says like here's how we fix Phil Hughes and it's just a f- simple flip of the switch. But I think it takes more than a simple flip of the switch. He's not just one tweak away from back to being a productive major league starter. I think there's a long ways to go. And short of getting his pitches back, I mean, I don't see a, a late career reinvention as the way to do it for starting, Phil Hughes. Starting him right now strikes me as being very unfair to the team and him. This isn't a, a bash fest. It's a good take. This is a, this is a, what you're doing to this guy is not fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know fans, how you get him back, and he might just be cooked. Fans are going to hear it and say, like, well, he's not giving the $26 million back. Like, yeah, he's he's still owed $26 million or whatever it is, the balance of that contract. I, I get it. So, like, feel bad for him to an extent. No, there's, that he's no, okay, a, there's nothing to feel bad for Phil Hughes. Like, Phil Hughes has pitched in the major leagues for a decade. He's made no, but generational I'm, money. But I'm like, saying throwing him out there, having him go back out there to me is unfair to yeah, everyone involved. I feel bad, Phil, that... He's 31 and, you know, probably just has to walk away and is not on his own terms. I feel bad that you had your profession, your livelihood, and something you enjoyed doing just stripped away from you by an injury that you can't see. It's just what what, what happened to me. You're not supposed to be over the hill at 31. And to me, when I watched him pitch on Friday and you watched the start on TV in New York, yep. I think you put those two things together, and I, I just don't see it happening for him this year with the Twins. So that'd be one fix that I'd make. Like right now, I wouldn't wait around on that. What's one. the okay? The Byron Buxton thing is so he so first it was migraines slash some like odd concussion symptoms that that knocked him out for migraines. Like five days. Yeah, but migraines. it blend, but it blended into it was stuff that you would hear from concussion symptoms. So I don't know if they like ruled out a concussion. Sure, I don't know that either. But I, it was it was very much. It wasn't like I have a headache today and I'm going to go take a nap and come back and be fine tomorrow. It was uh, several. Yes, exactly. So yeah. that's something that okay, that's that might pop up later on. I would have some level of concern there. Sure. Now he's got the where they had to drain his toe and he's got a hairline fracture. So what are we hearing about Byron Buxton? Obviously, he helps the pitching staff. He's not the only reason why they've been getting bombed sure. eight plus runs every game. But yeah, so hairline fracture in his toe from when he fouled off a pitch during a rehab start in Florida. Yeah, that's just, I mean that's just bad luck. That's that sucks for Buxton. It sucks for the Twins. And now he's got a hairline fracture on the toe. Um, I don't know exactly what the timeline is for that. In fact, the Twins, when you ask them about a timeline, will run as far as they can in the other direction because nobody likes to peg timelines on sort of unclear injuries, sort of in- injuries that you don't know an exact date that he'll be back. It's not Tommy John, 13 to 16 months and good as new. It's, well, can well, he put weight on it? And it's it? also and a player that bases his game on speed. speed. Uh-huh. Yes. Like if he sat there and hit taters, you'd be like, okay, can you Agreed. pivot on your foot? Agreed. Hey, Miguel Sano, I'm going to ask you to play through a little bit of a shoulder thing because yeah. we want your bat. Byron Buxton, I want you running faster than any human in the major leagues and catching everything that you can in both gaps. So so that affects it. But what they're going to do, Phil, is try to give him a little bit of a blow, give him a few days of rest and hope that then, even if it's not fully healed, which it won't be, but after four or five days, see how he can tolerate pain, see how he's moving around. And if and if he can come back, if he can stomach it, then get him back up off the disabled list and, and see where it goes from there. I, I have my doubts, but that is a, another just a long – 
Another in the long list of bad news for the Twins in the month of April. Sano is out how long now? I think he should be back. Like They were just Three giving him an extra day. A month? No, he should be in the lineup tonight. If he's not in the lineup tonight, I think that's a really big problem for the Twins. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, we'll They've see. They've had these problems before, and guess what? He doesn't come. He was supposed to come back yesterday, and then it was still giving him problems. Yep. This is just the same thing with this guy. He doesn't care about his craft. He does not. He thinks this is all fun. All fun and games. I hit long home runs, I strike out, and if I get fat as a cow, who cares? And no one's willing to say it. There, I, I should say. It. At no, Target Field. At Target Field, though, nobody... People are willing to say it. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, we've it's, said it on It's the just show. embarrassing. Sure. Derek, we know you care know. about your craft. I don't know. Are you guys Are you guys going to have me back next week, or is this kind of... Dude, you came on and go. made a declarative statement. Of course we are. I loved it. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, oh, it was great. You buried him. And talking Vikings right. every Monday. Oh, I liked it. You were It'll right. It'll be a transition into smooth jazz. Well, here's the thing I should say on the way out is that I still think that this is a good baseball team. It just takes a lot <laughs> to dig out of the hole that they've dug themselves this first month of the season. Yeah, I we'll uh, I don't agree with the Twitter follower that said they're closer to losing a hundred than making the playoffs. Yeah, so, that's wrong. Like they're gonna they're gonna do something to like they're gonna go on a run and win some games. Just is this too much of a hole? Wetmore. Find his stuff on 1500ESPN.com and the Touch Em All podcast. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and 328 23.